Hello, and thank you so much for tuning in to the second annual Gameware Express, the Game of the Year show. I'm Adam Aaron, and I'm joined by my regular panelists, Stephen Martin. Hey, Adam. Vaughn Venters. Hello. And Neil Bonham. Hello. I can't believe we made it to a second one of these. This is this is weird. When we, when we recorded this last year, I really did not think we'd still be here, so I'm really excited. It's my celebrate. first. This is Vaughn and Neil's first Game of the Year show, so welcome, yeah. guys. We're here to celebrate all the great games that came out this year. Um, similar to last year's show, we will be doing it slightly differently than maybe some of your other favorite podcasts, just because you know we're doing this on our own time and our own dime, so we... Really didn't have a chance to play all of everything like some of the bigger you know sites and podcasts do. So our our list will be our own list. We're not going to really fight or argue over a overall game where Express game of the year. But we're all here just to talk about our favorite games of 2014 and of the past and of the future. That's Ooh. what gamer is all about. <laughs> also, um, thank y'all everyone who went to Speak Pipe and sent us your game of the year. We'll have some of those. Uh, piped in later in the show, but we'll first start with uh, the our favorite backlog game. So this is a game that ne- didn't necessarily come out this year, but we still played this year because that's what we do. You know, we're not always stuck in the now. Game ourselves retro stuff. We like to play games that came out not this year. So we'll start with you, Neil. What would you say is your favorite backlog game of 2014, and why? Well, um, I guess I'll start off by mentioning that this is actually not a game I have not played. Um, I have played it multiple times again, but I did play it again this year, okay. and it was a nice refresher. Um, Mine's the same way, so... Yeah, so uh, I would have to go with, uh, recently, um, I'm pretty sure I talked about it on the podcast, but I was playing Majora's Mask again. Oh, of course. <laughs> and, uh, you know, this was actually before the announcement of the 3DS version and all that. I was just going back through and playing different Zeldas, and, you know, it was just really great. Um, I, I love playing it, and then uh, actually after beating it um, was when I... Uh, came across the theory of um, like about like how uh, Link is actually dead in the game and all that whoa, kind of stuff. Whoa, so whoa. <laughs> it was like a re- it was you know just really cool game to like play again and then read up on and see all the fan theories and you know I'm not gonna get too much into the theory, but if you do like Legend of Zelda: Majora's Mask, I highly recommend checking out the ga- the fan theory about Link actually being dead because most game theories are just really out there and. Most of the time, don't make sense, but See, that's it's actually my, pretty cool. Uh, so I still need to play this one. I'm waiting for it to come out. I've been waiting for it to come out on 3DS, and now mm-hmm. it eventually will sometime next year. So oh yeah, it's it's a fantastic game. Train. Very di- very different from the Zelda formula, but you know I love the game. What is yeah, that keeps so. you coming back to it? <sighs> the masks, like <laughs> really? just how how so like it, it's like a game with so many different moves in it. it it's awesome. Um, and plus just the style of the game. It's very creepy, and yet while being still very happy like a Zelda game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, it's it's really cool. Um, yeah, I, just everything, about, like the art and the music, um, everything about the game is really what keeps me coming back to it. <laughs> yeah, awesome. Yeah. Cool. What about you, Steven? The, um, for me, it's actually a game that was on my list last year right uh, my i'm the same way, all right so, yeah. so i mean when rogue legacy came out on Whoa. pc um i loved it i adored it it's everything i like in kind of classic game design right because uh, it's a really fun roguelike but there's progression i guess mm-hmm. i don't like a pure roguelike where you have to completely start over every time literally beating yeah. your head into a wall in some um, games or a cave 
So this game does have a sense of progression and basic RPG elements. So I really loved it on PC, but I didn't beat it on PC. I guess I'll go ahead and jump in here too, because that's also my backdoor right. game of the year. Because so. when it came out on Vita, I was like, well, this is what I wanted to play it on in the first place. And I know at first I was, I don't know, not really able to kind of jump back and forth because I think I'd preferred playing it on PS4 you know, as opposed to the Vita. And then right. I was like, oh, I actually prefer playing on the Vita. I didn't really know what I preferred, but I definitely made use of that cross-save functionality. Mm-hmm. And I was playing it today on our card ride uh, back home. And right. I, I think I was like level 347 at this Lord. point. <laughs> I'm in New Game Plus, and I've got all the bosses killed. So, like, I could go to the final boss, but I'm trying to max out what all fun my... is that? Yeah, exactly. I, I'm... I don't know, 50 levels away from maxing out everything. Mm-hmm. But then I've got to try to attack it, you know, do the, the alternate boss run right. to get the like true ending, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Or not true ending, but try to get all those stupid trophies. See, this is this is a game that I easily would have had higher on my list last year had I played it as much as I did yeah. this year. It got to the point where, because it came out, I believe, August yes. on PS4, and Destiny was right around the corner, and I would load up, my PS4 to play Destiny, and I find myself just wanting to play yeah. Rogue Legacy. It's a little easier so to jump into. I don't have to, you know, devote three hours of my life to Rogue Legacy. Although well, I do, but say I end yeah. up doing that. But it's when I when you play a round of Rogue Legacy, it's not that level of commitment at first because mm-hmm. you could play a decent run in ten minutes, but then all of a sudden it's three a.m. So, it was just yeah. once that wall was hit, where I was finally learned how the classes worked and how their traits were different, and found the mold I liked where my runs were going 20, 30 minutes. I was getting an insane amount of gold, and then that made you want to spend it, yeah. power yourself up, and go get more gold. Like, Such oh, great I want to experiment with all this new stuff that I just got. The exactly. only class in this game that I cannot stand is the uh, dragon. It's just, to me... There's a dragon. I guess it happened. Yeah, you... It's, so the, the final class is like a flying... You are a flying dragon, and your only attack is uh, shooting fire. And What do you have to upgrade to get to that? Because I didn't get that. Oh, it's the Beastmaster class, right? Oh, okay. So right. it's just on the top of the castle, mm-hmm. the very top. It okay. actually, once you unlock that, the screen pans up, and it's a separate. Oh. But it's the last last class you can get. It's just terrible. Mm-hmm. I, there's hardly any circumstance where that's a good, <laughs> I don't know, character to pick. So, <laughs> But, yeah, I'm not done with that game even still. Mm-hmm. And can't wait to see what Cellar Door Games does next, because this is their, only their second game. After what? Don't shit your pants. Yeah, and don't shit your pants was a flash game. I mean, that's not <laughs> even really a game. It was hilarious, <laughs> and I don't like poopy humor, but that right. game was really funny. <laughs> I remember you made me play. Yeah, that, dude. Like, hey, in the store one day. <laughs> let me tell you funny. what. If you like adventure games, <laughs> you haven't played. Don't shit your pants. Play that too. It's free. So yeah, maybe I don't know if they'll make another one like that, or if they'll go back and do a, something. Like Rogue Legacy, or maybe something all together different. Probably, probably like a first-person arena-based shooter. Yeah, I'm thinking know. it's you know competitive multiplayer game. It's <laughs> probably where they're going. They could definitely do like a Rogue Legacy MMO. That's right. a thousand little oh, dudes Lord. running around the castle at the same time, <laughs> trying to Let's get the gold for five minutes. For five minutes, <laughs> that'd be cool. But yeah, that was a great game, and yeah. I played it more this year than last. I think it was like number two on my list last year. I loved it, but I now know. I love it even more. Man. In a different format, mm-hmm. you know, different style of play for me because I can play in the tub. Couldn't right. do that before. <laughs> Just prop your laptop, like suspend it in the air. And... No, I have a crappy laptop. I have a <laughs> good true. desktop. 
I mean, that's exactly how I felt about Fez. You know, Fez, I played on 360 and played on PlayStation 4 yes. and all that, but it just felt so at home at Vita. Yeah, and that's a great game that's on amazing. the Vita. It's just, yeah, that's a great game. Yeah, that's the one I still need to play. All right, Vaughn, how about you? Well, mine would have been Rogue Legacy as well, but uh, I actually not realized the benefits of PlayStation Plus until a couple of months ago, where... A certain Batman game came out, <laughs> yes. and I got to play it for free because I never actually played the Batman Arkham games. I played Batman Arkham Asylum, yes, and that game was amazing. Yes, it a is. high five Neil real quick. <laughs> <laughs> Easily one of the best games that came out of last generation, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Yeah. It's one of those now where it's hard to see what it did because so many games copy it. Or do it going back and playing it but obviously it left a lasting impression on you oh that battle that that fight system was just amazing mm-hmm. <laughs> i really liked it and a lot of like playing through it reminded me of like why i liked games such as luigi's mansion yes because yes thank the, you like the whole asylum itself was the overworld yeah. much like the mansion itself was the overworld of luigi's mansion so the game was the, a lot like Metroid Two, say, yeah. where you're doing backtracking and all just like, like one yeah. giant level. Yeah, it was great. Like you get to revisit like a lot of the other rooms, and it was just a really fun game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed all the boss fights too, especially all the scarecrow moments. Yeah, that's what has me really excited for Arkham Knight next year on PS4. That and Scarecrow is the main villain. Oh so yeah, we're gonna have some trippy stuff going. It's awesome. So that playing through that game has definitely made me want to play through Arkham City soon at some point. I heard the the next one after that wasn't really all that good. Uh but. yeah, I mean they kind of put that out because Night was taking too long. Origins, uh, you know, you can play if you want. I quit playing it because it was kind of dumb. But uh, maybe I'll go back once I'm done with Arkham Knight. It's like I need more Batman. Mm-hmm. Like I definitely definitely looking forward to Arkham City and eventually Arkham Knight. Well, you have until June for Arkham Knight. So well then, <laughs> excellent. I guess we'll move into the meat of the show, our top five countdown for the year. We'll do it slightly different than last year. We'll go in a circle and go five through two and save our game of the year reveal um, where I can mix in some of the speak pipe calls. So um, coming back to Neil, number five. Number five for me. Um, Well, this was a game that I quite honestly had no idea I would enjoy because the last few had been very disappointing. Uh, but the company that made this one had a great track record of games that I had enjoyed. And, uh, so number five, I'm going to give to Wolfenstein. Okay. The new order. Um, the new order. Yes. Um, heavy machines is that's who made it right. Yeah. Or yeah, whatever their name is, something like that. But yeah, you know, the people that make the darkness and all that kind of stuff, Mm -hmm. but you know, to see Wolfenstein and it's like such a action paced, like, you know, doom style and old school Wolfenstein style and have like the crazy, over the top story like it was it was just fun to play through the entire time um yeah so yeah that's why i'd have to give that you know my number five um so i'm doing number four and mm-hmm. everything too all right uh number four on my list um is another game that just due to the amazing platforming that it brought again this year you know in, in terms of you know difficulty you know and stuff like that and uh just the almost kind of fanfare, but still not overdoing it. Um, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Okay. Um, yeah. I think Retro did another fantastic job with Donkey Kong. 
I think they topped their last game. Um, Donkey Kong Country Returns was great, but Tropical Freeze just had a lot more variety in it as far as just appeal to the levels. Um, yeah. Plus two uh, new characters. Yes, plus the two new characters. Um, you know, just and, and it was beautiful. Yeah. It was a beautiful game. And, uh, you know, I just I just love how they've been doing these Donkey Kong games with, you know, while throwing in fair, fanfare, but, like, this one still didn't really have anything more than the Rhino. Like, I like how they don't <laughs> they don't overload you with, like, all kinds of stuff while still making it feel fresh but old. I honestly thought they were going to bring back on guard the swordfish yeah. with the water levels, but, but they yeah, didn't. They didn't, and, you know, I'm okay with that. But uh, uh, I miss them. I miss them, too. I, I, but, I'm okay without them. You know, yeah. <laughs> My favorite levels in those games, well, I didn't play Tropical Freeze, but in the first one, where it's like those sunset levels. Yeah, like the silhouette levels. Silhouettes yeah. Just, you know, the, those were really cool, yeah. Diddy Hunk's cap and stuff. Um, and then, like, this one brought in, like, you know, the, the, the giant silver Donkey Kong and all that kind of stuff that yeah. you could get. It was, it was really cool. Um, my number three um, is a game I had talked about for a little while, and I, I know Vaughn played it a lot, too. Um, uh, but Hyrule Warriors. Yes. Um, so everyone, good. everyone knows my love of the Legend of Zelda, and the fact that they were able to blend it with Dynasty Warriors so well and make it fit into that universe so well, um, it, 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 it was nice. Made <laughs> it look like it was just like a legit like Legend of Zelda story. With, yeah, you know, and and just seeing a Zelda game in such over the top, crazy action was a nice change too. I feel um, like that's one. I don't play a lot of Zelda games. I didn't play all of this one. Mm -hmm. I feel like that was the most they've tried on a Zelda story, <laughs> and I don't that I've, that I've seen in most of these games because like there's some so here cohesive narrative going in this not yeah. Ganon boss that wants to take over everything. Right, and and you know like being able to play as Ganondorf. I think I think I mentioned this too. Like once I unlock Ganondorf, it's like this game just felt so right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like Ganondorf slaying thousands of enemies at once. You know, it's it was right. It, it's you know, it was, it's always nice to see Link and all those Zelda characters and their over-crazy-to-top Super Smash Brothers fighting style, but to have their own crazy game with all these crazy powers and new weapons and all that kind of stuff, it was it was a nice change to the Zelda series, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And it I agree. You they know, need to make more. Yeah, I I agree. Like They just need to keep adding to the game. And uh, Quite honestly, all they really need to do is keep adding the packs like they've been doing. I, I really don't need yeah. much more as far as the levels or anything, but just, just, playing the same just adding the again. skins like the is a plus. I mean, now I can play as Link as the Postman. <laughs> like, it's, it's awesome. I think maybe like having like some more Zelda spinoffs in general would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Yep. That would, yeah. Yeah. Tactical Zelda game. Yeah. Well, they kind of did that in the adventure mode, I guess. But yeah. True. In a sense. RTS Zelda. Yes. <laughs> hey, yeah. Link's crossbow training too. Hey, <laughs> another style of genre that would probably work if you played as Ganondorf. That's true. Summon his minions. <laughs> um, and then I guess my number two before we get to the big reveal is um, uh, Geometry Wars Three. Okay. Um, definitely a newer title, but um. You know, it just, for how much I love Geometry Wars and then Geometry Wars 2, 3, you know, it, it had a lot on its shoulders as far as, like, releasing. And, you know, it's one of those things, like, as long as you don't change the main game, I'm going to have fun. But, you know, adding the stylized levels and, you know, having the Super Stardust-like 3D levels and, you know, it, it's just the little things they added to the game that made it so much better. And um, still having the classic style is great too um even to a sense of where they really didn't change that much i mean the 
adventure mode is really just a over-glorified sequence mode because um, you're still playing the same levels with the same spawns at the same time. Like, it's basically memorization-like sequence, but adding bosses and stuff, you know, it was it was beautiful. And I, I'm, I'm really glad they finally made a Geometry Wars 3 because I really had no hope for another one of those ever coming out. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's my uh, 5 Excellent. through 2. Excellent. Steven? You know, <clears throat> my number 5 game is actually... Um, the first game that's, I guess, part of a, like a, the rebranded relaunch of the Sierra Games label. Okay. And I grew up playing, you know, all these PC games under the Sierra label. For everything from, like, King's Quest to, like, I don't know, like, flight combat simulators. So it's, it's, if it was a PC game that was good in the early 90s, mid-90s, it was Sierra. Half-Life. Yeah. And then, yeah, it ended kind of with Half-Life when they published that. Um but for some reason, Geometry Wars 3 uh, was the first game to come back with uh, the Sierra label. Uh, you know, whatever, I don't know. I guess Activision needed a brand to, to put that under. Um, <clears throat> you know, in an earlier episode, I had talked about how I was at the last boss of that game. And mm -hmm. oh, just for hours, <laughs> just going through. It just seemed like the sequences were taken. Like, there, there were too many. It seemed like there were six different sections to that boss battle. And... I didn't know how many more were after that because it kept just dying on the, the sixth sequence of that encounter. And apparently that was the last one. That was Oh, okay. So, <laughs> but I finally did, or not recently, I mean, this was weeks ago, um, that I finally, you know, took down that boss. And uh, I don't know if there's a game that came out in 2014 that I've loved and hated as much. <laughs> Because I don't know, it's just that. See, you didn't play Mario Kart Eight. So. Luckily, I did not. So, yeah, that is not on my list. You know, maybe I'll, I'll that'll be my backlog game next, next year. year. I mean, that's pretty much every Mario Kart <laughs> game. Sure. You know, I do own Mario Kart Eight. It's just still in its beautiful shrink wrap. Um, but yeah, no, Geometry Wars is awesome because if, even if you don't like the new stuff, it has the old stuff. Mm -hmm. So you could just play King, or you could play you know, Sequence, or you can play whatever modes we're into. The only thing that I, I wish was in there, I wish they could have just put the first Geometry Wars in there, mm -hmm. like verbatim. No. Oh, yeah. It's just not in there. And, um, but that's why I still have an original Xbox. That's why I still have my copy of Project reason. Gotham. <laughs> I guess that has to do with publishing rights, though. Huh? I don't know. Yeah, I really don't know. But, um, no, it's not the only reason I have my original Xbox. So I got I my mean, copy of Cyanide. Yeah. I love so. Halo so much. Uh, you know, they called me Halo Martin back in high school, <laughs> which is weird because Halo had never come out, but back in You're the right. 90s. <laughs> um, they still called me that, though. But Geometry Wars is great. You know, I also said in the previous episode that um, when I play that game, when I die, I, you know, it's my fault. That's not really true because there are <laughs> there are tons of like something spawned on top of me. Now I'm dead. Mm -hmm. You really can't do anything about that. But most everything about that game feels right. Like I think the control feels right and the sound is great. And, and I I complained about this also. Man, I complain about this game a lot for being in my top five. Hey, that means it shows you really care. The only thing I really miss is the vibration function, because uh, that was really an important part of the first game on original Xbox. And I gotta say, playing it recently again on original Xbox, the the original Xbox controller has like the best vibration function out of mm -hmm. any controller on the market. Well, it's like feels bigger than your face, so it probably has well, some I the Duke. I wasn't using the Duke. I was oh, using the S, but okay. it feels you know feels like you're you've got a gun going off or something. <laughs> in your hand, so. You know, uh, actually going back, I don't mean to like interrupt you, but you going, well, yeah, you've just interrupted. Yes, I know. Mean, so. Going back to like how you're saying like 
it, it's not your fault that you die. And yeah. I, I think you're right, though, because if you remember the older Geometry Wars, the enemies spawned around wherever you were. Yeah, yeah. This one, they they show you oh, where they're going to spawn. They do. They appear before you, just, you get there. If you just happen to there. be on that spot, like they're always going to spawn there, whereas in the older ones, it's like if you were in the middle, they spawned yeah. around you. If you were in the corner, they spawned kind of close you to you. You kind of see their like outline yeah. before so, they show up. It's <laughs> like they like it would be your fault in the older Geometry Wars yes. because... You would be going at them too fast, but in this one, yeah, it is definitely not your fault that you die all the time. And that. a lot of people, <laughs> I guess some people complain, they're like, well, this is just Super Stardust. I actually like it more than Super Stardust oh. uh, with those weird shapes. Um, even though when you're kind of going around the corners of some of the geometric levels, the camera, you're not, you're not centered on the camera, unlike Stardust, where you are. So you really can't see as well around the corner. If you're just at the top right of like a square, because the camera won't move very fast. Right. But it's not that big of a deal. I didn't have any trouble, you know, two starring most. I'm still working on three starring everything. I'm not done with this game. <laughs> it, I'm trying. Uh, maybe I'll get a, a plat, one of those pl fancy platinum trophies. I don't know. Probably not. But that's a very difficult, uh, if you've like looked at the percentages of people that have actually gotten. I think there's a 0% trophy, which <laughs> means like five people have. It. You can do it. No, I don't, I don't think so. We'll see. Uh, number four, uh, also kind of like an old school um, revelation, would be Shovel Knight. Yeah. This is yeah. just Shovel Knight such great. a well-made game, and it's made by a small team, and these guys are so passionate. Kickstarter about success story. One of the few. I mean, tons of games have been kickstarted and come out. Right. But mm -hmm. what? how many games have been kickstarted, come out, and then loved? Right. You know, critically just been... I don't know, put into the stratosphere. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited to hear that they're putting it on other formats because right now it's only on the PC, which I guess everyone can get that. It's also on the Wii, Wii U right. and 3DS. Oh, yeah, well, you didn't want to get to that, but okay. yeah. I, I did play it on 3DS. So, But I'm excited that it's coming to PlayStation next year. Mm -hmm. And then maybe maybe next year it'll come out on Xbox with like a, a Master Chief level <laughs> or something. <laughs> but this game is so stylized. The music's so good. The characters are really neat. And the story's actually really good. Uh, yeah. You don't see that in a lot of uh, games that just rely on, you know, nostalgia, basically. Because that's what this is. It's just, yeah. did you love DuckTales? Did you love Mega Man? Did you love <laughs> old school NES games? Because we did too, and that's why we made this game. Mm -hmm. So definitely deserves, you know, and if you haven't played it, uh, you should definitely Do check it, it out. Yeah, because it is so good. And I was really excited to hear that it had sold, you know, 300,000 copies. And at that time, it had never really been on sale. Right. So you had 300,000 people paying basically full price for this game. I bought it twice. Yeah. And I'm going to buy it twice. And you're going to buy it for the third time. That's right. Uh, number, <clears throat> number three, uh, I agree with Neil, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze is probably the best platformer that I've played in the past five years. Um, mm. It's funny what they can do with that game. It's like what I wish Nintendo could do with a 2D Mario game, but refuses. Because <laughs> yeah. what Tropical Freeze does and what it does, it enhances everything they did with the Wii uh, you know, Donkey Kong game. It, it, well, of course, they got rid of all the, the motion control, which mm -hmm. if you wanted to play that Wii Donkey Kong game, but you didn't like the motion control, check out the DS version. Yep. Yeah. Um, but without having to worry about that on Wii U, it's just pure, unadulterated platforming bliss. Yep. Uh, they brought back David Wise to do all the music, and that is probably my favorite, or some of my favorite, uh, compositions <laughs> in video game history. That would yeah, really explain David, why the music like, was so good. I didn't know that. that. The stuff that he's composed in like all the older Donkey Kong games, and with this one, is just... 
amazing. I mean, that guy is a genius, yeah. flat out. Um, I loved the mechanics of, of like shooting into the back of the levels and just becoming really tiny. That mm-hmm. really reminded me a lot of my favorite uh, parts of the Wario Land game on Virtual Boy, which yeah. played a lot of you know with those weird aspect ratios on a 2D game where it just it makes it I don't know feel different and just shooting through those barrels tiny and then coming back into the foreground, going to the background. It's just so good and varying levels. I mean, it's you have every environment you could ever want in a Donkey Kong game. Um, so yeah, I, I think that. If you know, if Retro only made Donkey Kong games for another ten years, I actually would not be upset with that. As much as I love Metroid and want that back, um, they're making good games now. So mm-hmm. it, it almost feels like they're doing better with Donkey Kong than what they did with I, Metroid. I agree because I, I mean, yeah. as much as I love Metroid's Prime, you know, one, two, and three, I think one was the best out of all of those. Mm-hmm. I mean, I thought the Metro Prime three was better than two, but it wasn't that different. Yeah. One one's like my personal favorite, but three is a technical standpoint yeah, I feel is the best game. Yeah. But yeah, Donkey Kong is just they've never let me down with what they've done with that franchise. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, ending this segment uh, for me, my number two game. Uh, of course, if a platinum game comes out in a calendar year, that's going to be on my top ten list. And this year's no different. So Bayonetta two is probably the best action game that's ever been made. A character wow. action. So if you like games like Devil May Cry, God of War, uh, you know, this is just one of those combo frenzied, insane games that just throws everything at you and then blows up the kitchen sink with a nuclear bomb. Um, <laughs> every level's crazy and every level beyond that is exponentially crazier. Wow. So I mean I can't say enough good things about this game and I'm just so happy that it's here. Right. You know, without Nintendo putting money into its development, we would probably have never seen a Bayonetta 2. Mm-hmm. And even though it didn't sell well and Nintendo didn't bother to advertise it, that doesn't change the fact that it's in the, my library for the rest of my life. Right. Um, just an insane game. Uh, control, presentation. The graphics really aren't that great, but I don't mm-hmm. care because it runs so well. That's what it's, you need it to do, something like that. Yeah, yeah. See, what's crazy is I actually only ever played that game like as a demo, and I played it on just using the gamepad. Yeah. And it was mind-blowingly yeah. good looking on the gamepad. And I don't think I've played an action game uh, like this that made me feel like I'm so good at a game. <laughs> More than you know, Devil May Cry, the DMC, uh, just everything feels right. And it, it looks like I know what I'm doing all the time, even though right. I really don't. Uh, it's pretty much all about the witch time, which is just like a little quick dodge parry mm-hmm. and as long as you can nail on that uh you know during a combo then you can do really cool things and do these crazy torture moves which <laughs> just get nuttier and nuttier um i like action games to be over the top and i like stupid stories and this game has a really stupid story and really bad voice acting but Excellent. it's all part of the charm of a platinum game right so I uh, I just got this for Christmas and I'm really excited because I haven't played the first one. We talked about this. I'm yeah, really and to play see, that one. now you have both. I honestly don't know what I want you to do. I'd say just just go to the second one, honestly. But how will I know what's it, going on? Yeah, exactly. So, you but really it, need wiki, to know. <laughs> playing you know 15 hours through the first game, Shit. you may be kind of burned out and you really? might not want to jump into two. Um, but if you play two for the same amount of time, then later a couple of months, maybe just go back and check out the first game. Okay. I wouldn't recommend playing them back to back. Your right. eyeballs are going to melt out of your head. Just, <laughs> there's only so much of that that you can possibly take. Yeah. But I mean, if you really want to do it, yeah, play the first one. Story, whatever. <laughs> there is a story, and they do relate. So there is some kind of spoiler stuff in the yeah, second one. Yeah, I just I'm one of those kind of people. I need to. I need to play the first yeah. one. Everyone told me not to play the first Assassin's Creed. No, you yeah, don't out, do that. But I played all 17 hours of that. You are the same dedicated. three missions. <laughs> anyway, 
So hopefully when y'all get back from Japan, that's right. Where you are yeah. right now. Yeah, we're uh, there right now. Somehow I'm on the show. I don't know how that works. Speak we'll talking about it. Yeah. This is a really good Skype connection. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like we're in the same room. I know. Uh, another thing I love about the Bayonetta franchise, which is continued in the second game, is the crazy poppy music. Um, the music is just really weird. And, <laughs> you know, you're on screen, a screen fighting these angel demons and weird statues with upside down heads. And it's just this weird music that's playing that doesn't seem to go with it, but it's perfect. That's funny. It goes with it perfectly. So, and they did a great job in this one too. Did the second one do the same thing? Like I remember in the first one, how like every enemy that was introduced was in alphabetical order. I don't really notice <laughs> that, but they definitely introduced the enemies the same way. It's like the camera pans around and they're named weird made up names on the front. <laughs> That's awesome. But cool. maybe one you know, who knows? Maybe we'll get a bayonet of three. I don't probably maybe. Probably not. On the super Wii. Don't have enough moons to make that number. <laughs> the game sold the five. Uh, I need copies. to change the name of that. <laughs> super Wii H D add on plus. Turn turn it like a what what was the series that did that? Uh uh Iridian? Iridian. Yeah. yeah that's remember right. it was like these games that were great, but they had that horrible first three D game. Yeah. And then they changed it to what is now known as Nanostray. That's right. Iridian became Nanostray. <laughs> hmm. Which is also Nano Breaker. Yep. Which is coming to PS4. PS4. Which yeah. is yeah, I think it That's like it, the only digital download game I own on my Wii. Besides Earthbound. Right. It's a great game too. Yeah. Cool. I'll be playing that on my flight to Japan. Well I already did. <laughs> <laughs> playing on my way back. Because I brought my Wii U to Japan. That's funny. Because it's the only thing I could play without a TV. Besides my handhelds, which I also brought all of those. <laughs> a micro. Yeah. Gotta bring your micro over there. And my number one, I'll oh. talk about later. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Vaughn. Uh, well, starting off my segment, number five is pretty much a given. It's, it's a it's a game from a franchise that I look forward to every time a new game Mario comes out. Capcom 4. Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> but it is Mario Kart 8. Okay. Woo-hoo. Because who doesn't like Mario Kart? Like I mean, I like the first one. Oh yeah, Sonic. I mean, like anything like in the series, like Mario Kart is just good. This one, even has... Super Circuit, Super Circuit's good. I thought I, I heard I, you I, talk I, badly I, about it's, that. It's my place. it's my least favorite out of I all really of them, like but it's still Super good. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm shaking my head and I don't know. I just I really mean, like Super Circuit. I mean, I haven't encountered a bad Mario Kart game. It's just my least favorite out of all. Of them, I hear so. you. That's fine. <laughs> and uh, well, this this game has amazing graphics. And awesome it has music. some it has amazing music, yeah. The courses are fun. Some new items that are really weird and zonky, but like you still have to watch out for all the old ones, like lightning bolts. The DLC was reasonably priced. <laughs> yeah. The first this is the first one that they're doing with DLC, which is pretty like questionable as far as price goes, but I mean the content is still really good. I like, thought the price was really fair for what you get. Twelve dollars you get like 50%, 50% more game. Of the game. I yeah. would yeah. spend just that on getting my Yoshi to be black. Yeah. Even have any color Yoshi. <laughs> Although that was free. Oh, yeah. that well, I thought you okay. That was, that was free. That's that right. was free with your purchase of the with with your pre order of the DLC. So it wasn't free. I mean, it was kind of free. Could I get it without <laughs> buying anything? Uh, probably not. Okay, you answer my question. Okay, well then, <laughs> yeah. probably wasn't. Free. You could get well, those those but you, cool, you got it available immediately yeah, for yeah. buying the DLC. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And I still find myself playing it like from time to time with friends. It like, is a, whether if it's like in a party or online or whatever. I was gonna say it is a beautiful game. Mm-hmm. It's like one of the best looking games on the Wii. It's mm-hmm. amazing. I love watching all the like slow motion replays of 
you know, characters racing by each other, like looking <laughs> at each other. And too. I'm really yeah, glad they're starting to bring in more than just the Mario franchise, too. Right. I feel like that was actually long overdue, but it also brought about one of the one of the more iconic memes of this year, the, oh, yeah. the Death Luigi Death Stare. <laughs> Luigi has dominated the internet now for two years in a row. What could he possibly do in 2015? <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> get a game. No. <laughs> Get a proper sequel to Luigi's Mansion. Where, like, Mario's missing two. Yeah. (laughs) Mario's been missing three times already. He's missing the second time in Luigi's Mansion 1. It's true, yeah. (laughs) So I guess Mario's missing four or five or whatever. (laughs) But, uh, yeah. But number four is Danganronpa's 1 and 2. Nice. Because it's pretty much like Phoenix Wright meets Persona in a more anime fashion. It's like you're watching an anime while like playing a detective game at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like you kind of like relate to all these like high school kids that are under the all these crazy murder cases trying to get out of this locked up post-apocalyptic like high school or whatever. It's it's just fun. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love it. <laughs> as much as I talk around and say, you know, anime bullshit, I really enjoyed Daganronpa. I'm in the middle of two still, but it, just like you said, I enjoyed the Phoenix Wright series, and this was just one more level of crazy zany but still relatable characters in a battle royale type setting that you never know what's gonna happen next, and then half the time you're like, "What?" Yeah, at least I was. It's got a lot of really creepy moments in it too. Yep. Like, not really. I'm not really one for horror kind of like games and stuff like that although i do watch movies but like it does it does the creepy part really well definitely because it always just it does a really good job of keeping you in suspense Mm -hmm. i I like the whole suspense thing in horror films yeah definitely yeah don't want to say too much more without like spoiling much because yeah i own both games and haven't played either. exactly so (laughs) you need to get on that number playing in japan right now oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) number three is shovel knight yes yeah because uh, in the recent past, I had like started to play more Mega Man style games, but I also played Zelda 2 because I'd actually never beaten that, which I finally did. And that game's hard. So it's like this <laughs> game meets Mega Man with Zelda 2, with, but like the power-ups make a lot more of a difference, and the platforming is a lot harder. And the soundtrack is one of the best soundtracks that I've heard in a really long oh, yeah. time. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, second only to what Steven mentioned earlier, David Wise in Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. And the story is heartwarming. Yeah. <laughs> like, there wasn't a moment, like, in that game where I was disappointed. Like, I just had fun with it throughout the entire time that I had played it. Definitely. Yeah. Number two, Hyrule Warriors. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm surprised. I'm a, I'm a Zelda fan, but I also liked a lot of Dynasty Warriors. Uh, the earlier Dynasty Warriors I had played mostly were spinoffs with like the Gundams and stuff like that. But this one was a lot better for me because I'm a Zelda nerd, and I this is one that I've actually wanted to like play up to actual like completion. Like even with all the DLC, I'm trying to like find all the Sculptulas and like. Trying to level up all as many characters as I can to try and go to max level, which now you could go up to level 150. So it's <laughs> gonna be levels. even yeah, it's gonna be even harder. <laughs> yeah, I'm with Steve, I might I'm, skip that point. <laughs> but I'm surprised this comes at number two for you. 
Well, if once you find out my number one, fair enough. Fair enough. Captain Toad. <laughs> <laughs> but Hyrule Warriors, yeah, it's it's the one game that I'm like super satisfied with, where I could just like pick Princess Zelda and just destroy everybody in a game that isn't Smash Bros. You know. <laughs> so yeah, no, I've I enjoyed playing it. I'm still playing it and enjoying it. And yeah, I love it. Excellent. That's one. Hopefully, maybe I'll get back in on. Cause uh, you should. I know. I know. <laughs> Too many other games on. Um, I guess it's my turn. Uh, number five. Uh, since I think I'm the only person at this table who owns an Xbox One. I, need I just bought one well. in Japan today. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, because they're so popular over there. They're really cheap. Uh, Sunset Overdrive comes in at number five for me. Uh, that game. Uh, as soon as I saw it at E3 2013, it piqued my interest. But I thought that was just you know CG trailer. But when it came out, it made me look pretty similar. It's highly stylized, over-the-top combat. I mean, it's Zomniac we're talking about with crazy weapons. Uh, once you fi- once I figured out the traversal in that game, where I could actually move around after you get the dash attack, that's when it really opened up and I really started to enjoy it. Uh, a lot of people talk down on it with you know its attitude and its humor not hitting, but I had no problem with either of those. I thought it was really funny. I like self self-referential humor like that. Mm-hmm. And I just made my guy look like this giant douche. So when he had that kind of douchey attitude to me, it was just role playing in the game, you know. Um, so it's one of those games that I had a little higher, but the more I played other things this year, it fell to five. But it's still a really strong game, and it is the game to own if you have an Xbox One, uh, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I love Insomniac game. Well, I love Insomniac's more cartoony, fun games. Yeah, not so stuff. much not, resistance. Not resistance. Yeah. So fuse. Hopefully, hopefully this will come out on PS4. I doubt it because I think it was published on Microsoft. Yeah, there's yeah. almost Mass Effect. So yeah, I don't know. It's probably never. Just so more people can play it. But I mean, if you own an Xbox, I wouldn't say go buy an Xbox One to play this. But if you own an Xbox One, you need to pick up uh, Sunset Overdrive. Uh, coming in number four, right on, right on par with Vaughn. I have Daganronpa. Uh, once, yeah. once I was introduced to that game, I didn't think I'd like it as much as I did. Um, just because the characters, like I just mentioned, were. So quirky, yet you actually started caring for them the more you played through it. And so many twists and turns going through it. One of my main complaints with Phoenix Wright was I knew how this case was going. But I didn't necessarily know what pieces of evidence had to do in what order to make the game happy. To fro- so it knows what I'm, what, that I know what's going on. And I thought at first I had that with Daganronpa, but then it just went like complete left turn. Exactly. And... uh <laughs> Had me going like what? And so far, what I played the second one's even crazier. So that's why my list just moved the first one because I haven't finished the second one yet. But um, it's crazy that both those games came out in America within five months of each other. But I'm happy they did because uh, I just need a I need more of this series. I need more of this world. I'm I'm really enjoying it. Just wait till you watch the anime. Oh lord! <laughs> I guess, does it follow just the first game or is it a separate just, story? Just the first game for now. They're working on the second one though. Okay. So it, if you like. Those kind of detective, logic, Phoenix Wright based games, and you have a Vita, uh, check out Daganrapa. It, it's really good. Um, coming in at number three, I'm all over the board, representing all the consoles. Uh, its predecessor came in at number three in my game of the year for 2012. I thought this one would be higher, but you know, other games um, came out and beat it. But Far Cry 4 comes in yes. at number three for me. Uh, like, it's just more Far Cry 3, and there's no problem with that. It looks gorgeous. It's interesting, but 
cool to be in a different setting up in you know the fake Himalayan little country of Kirat. And I feel like the story works a little better with the Civil War going on, even though they never really explained other than like my dad was like the leader of this rebellion and I'm like this mid twenties guy going in with all these I don't know, like military training, I'm mowing dudes down, killing animals, hunting. But I guess it makes a little more sense than Far Cry 3's protagonist, who was just this douchey tourist doing all these things. But I find myself wanting to just go around and hunt things and clear outposts than actually play through the entire game. But um, it's one of those things where I still need to check out co-op. I doubt you know doing co-op would make this move up higher on my list. But I'm really, really enjoying um, Far Cry 4 and I hope they can I don't know if they will do DLC or uh, something crazy like Blood Dragon but I just want more again more of this game and more of this universe because I'm really enjoying going through it it's just it's just fun I can really get lost in that world I remember reading something where they were saying they weren't going to be doing another Blood Dragon but they were going to be doing something with 4 that would hopefully be just as crazy yeah, and appealing exactly. to fans so I, there were rumors that like Blood Dragon would become its own series, so it wouldn't be like Far Cry, whatever, Blood Dragon 2, it would just be Blood Dragon 2, but I actually hope that we can get something even more out of there, you know, that go with the Far Cry 4 engine in the Far Cry 4 game. Um, so that's on my number three. Number two, I won't tease it, because y'all know exactly what I'm talking about, is Hearthstone. <laughs> yes, sir. As much, a lot of people thought this would be my game of the year. It's not. Even though I, I probably, thought it would be, yes. <laughs> I probably, in the eight months it's been out, played over 100 hours of it so far. Between reading about it and watching streams, probably over 300 hours of consumption of Hearthstone. Spent so much money on this, and it, all I do is talk about it, want to play it. Uh, there's something out there better. But Hearthstone is so great. Um, it really helps pass the time if you really like strategy or card games. Um, it's very accessible to start out. It's kind of got a weird learning curve if you're used to Magic or other card games because, it's, in my opinion, it's more like chess than Magic. So that could be a little weird for newcomers to get into, plus the starter decks they give you are shit. So don't go by that. you got to kind of build your own decks and get your own feel. But they do a really good job of like patting you on the back where, like, you clicked a button. Here's 100 gold. Or you entered the arena. Here's, like, three card packs. Great. Um, but that's really good. Blizzard's really good at making something simple, but adding that layer of depth if you want to hit it. I only worry about my wallet because the more I learn <laughs> the depth of this game, the more cards I want to you know experiment with decks and stuff. And with the uh, Goblins and Gnomes expansion just coming out a couple weeks ago, I am like headfirst into all of this, and I don't really see it stopping. Uh, we were at dinner a few weeks ago, and you were, Steven, and you were saying, like, this is my new rock band. Yeah, totally. And you're totally true, because from, like, 07 to 09, I was so absorbed in rock band, buying songs every week, playing, like, having friends and playing online all the time, living on the rock band forums, like, absorbed in this game, and that's how I feel with Hearthstone now. Yeah, there's so many rock band songs I own that I don't even like the songs. <laughs> I'm the <laughs> Why do I have all this Fallout Boy? I don't understand. <laughs> So, I mean, if you have any interest in card games or just looking for something free to play, it's on, you know, iPad. It's coming to Android soon, if it's not out already, and of course on PC. I'm definitely checking out. If you're kind of into Hearthstone, I recommend watching Trump. He's a really popular Twitch streamer. He does a really good job of explaining the game, explaining his moves. And I learned a lot by watching him because other people are entertaining that I watch, but they don't do a good job of breaking down the game, explaining what the moves they're doing and why. So. Um, he's kind of, a lot of people call him boring, 
because he just kind of sits there and monotonously explains his moves. But if you really want to study the game, I'm probably the only crazy person who wants to do this. <laughs> uh, definitely check him out. Um, but yeah, Hearthstone number two. Awesome. So that that brings us to our game of the year. We'll take a short break and hear from friend of the show, Scott Bezdek. He sent in his top five. So take it away, Scott. Hello, GameWare Express crew. This is your old pal Scott Bezdek calling in with my top five of 2014. Uh, I'd like to get this out of the way. My number one, uh, just to get it over with, is Destiny. Uh, I just want to say that now and not talk about it. I'll let Neil talk about it on your podcast. Um, uh, just so I, I didn't want to hear Adam roll his eyes in the back of his head during the podcast. So just get that out of the way and not talk about it. But uh, number five is Wolfenstein, The New Order. I was shocked at how good this was. Um, the gameplay and shooting all the stuff is super competent, uh, really well done. Uh, but what really stands out is that they actually had a cool meta narrative that I really enjoyed um, that kind of was analogous to the plot, which was, you know, here's a, a World War II guy who gets in a coma and wakes up modern times and the world's changed he finds himself to be trite and cliche and has to deal with the repercussions of that and kind of adapt his way which i think is kind of a statement of where we're headed with games um you know um i just that's truly fascinating to me number four is naissance it's an indie game on steam it's a kind of a first person exploration puzzler runner um it's a it's big sprawling levels. You uh, most of the puzzles tend to be uh, revolve around kind of light and shadow and your movement to move the shadow. Uh, really beautiful, even though it's minimal. Um, but what they really do, uh, what I really love about it is this mechanic that I hope other games adopt. It's a, a breathing mechanic. So as you run through some of these inception-like levels where the walls and floors are kind of ripping apart, um, you can hear your breathing. Uh, and at the peak of the breath, you actually have a dedicated breathe button that you have to hit at that peak. And if you don't, you're not pacing your breathing in the game. And so therefore you kind of stumble and lose your momentum. Um, I hope other games use it. It really adds a layer of intensity. Number three is a game, uh, that Adam will speak more about. So I'll let, you know, I won't really say much about it, but Shovel Knight, wonderful game. And number two is Monument Valley. Uh, my favorite iOS game to date. Um, you know, it's kind of like if Fez and Echo Chrome had a child, um, but what I love about it is what they do with the characters. The characters, uh, there's only two that you really control, but there's so much character and a beauty in their simplicity. It kind of reminds me of Ico and Journey and even the Companion Cube and Portal. So that's my top of the year, and have a happy New Year's, guys. Thanks so much, Scott, for calling in and sharing your top five with us. So I would assume he's right, Neil, and that your game of the year is... Destiny. Okay. Yes. Not like you don't talk about it enough on the show, but I'll also give you the pass right. this time. Right. Um, <laughs> no, uh, it's just definitely my game of the year. Um, really no question about it. Um, you know, it's a game I haven't stopped playing for three months, and I think really just the beauty of it is, one, with it just being so reminiscent of something like Fantasy Star, um, yet while being something so new and fresh, um, it, you know, it it's... I mean, I don't know. I'm kind of speechless about the game, honestly. Wow. Uh, like, it, it's just something that I just cannot stop playing. And I think what really draws me to the game is just the elements of, you know, being able to play with my friends like Eric and Scott all the time. And even now, you know, uh, we went out and uh, got my girlfriend a PlayStation 4 and Destiny <laughs> and a TV so that we can play together because she loves it too. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it it's just good. Like, Bun- Bungie 
Bungie did it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not one to really stay on a game for this long anymore, and the fact that it's kept me coming back, um, even while not adding anything new for a long time, um, I just got to give it to them, you know. The, um, just the open, vast world it has, while being still levels, right? Um, you know, the the gunplay, the core mechanics of it, um, just having so much to level up and do, it's you know, I feel like I've barely even touched it while I've done so much. <laughs> um, you know, just no other game is compared to anything like that this year. Um, while it does have its downfalls, you know, um, you know, I, I, I can't really defend the story. I, you know, yeah. I can't, you know, there, there are some downfalls of it, but overall, all the pros greatly outweigh the cons to me. And um, I mean, it sounds to me that you're more into the shooting and the social exactly i mean um you know i think like we were having a discussion the other day how you were saying you know you were worried about getting back into it because you kind of don't want to like bug people to help you run through the story but Mm -hmm. you know that doesn't bother me at all i can play the game and not gain reward and still have a fantastic time it's it's uh almost on that level of how so many people enjoy grand theft auto by just shooting civilians and stuff like (laughs) yeah i guess it makes um, sense see how high you can get your wanted level exactly yeah yeah, like I, i can just run through destiny and it's like quite honestly it's really fun to kind of just get my exotic scout rifle at full power and blow through these level two dregs you know (laughs) while while you reap all the rewards you know it's just it's it's fun and um you know the new added content has just really helped to it and um i also really like just how there's so much to how much better the game is with how much more challenging against things like okay. the raid um you know the story's kind of boring it's uh you know open up dinklebot and uh, <laughs> he he opens a door and you shoot aliens and it's wave and wave and wave whereas something like the raid has puzzle elements to it where you fall for 10 minutes and you have to like boost jump at the right time because if you hit the ground you die and Whoa. it has sneaking elements where if you awaken these enemies they, they will automatically kill your fire team and if all six people die which they will you have to restart the whole thing <laughs> um it, it, it's just great and um you know while there are some things that you know i hope they fix with it as far as like a few bugs and maybe change up some things it, it's just it's amazing, and and it's not only just one of my games of the year. It's one of my favorite games I've ever played. Wow. Um, so obviously, ten year plan. You see yourself sticking with it for these ten years. I don't see myself slowing down any bit. I feel like I'm going to be one of those War- World of Warcraft like fifth expansion <laughs> players, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I just absolutely love what they did, and you know, I I always liked what they did with Halo and all that kind of stuff. But like, I, I feel like Bungie really found their peak in this game, and. Uh, you can tell it's something that they've had a creative process for for a while, and mm-hmm. I got to give it to them, you know. And um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, that's my <laughs> game of the year, and Excellent. one of my favorite games of all time, and I highly recommend it to people. Um, you know, it, it does take some time, but it's it it's it's so good. <laughs> that's about all I can say about it. I think it doesn't come as much surprise to anyone as much as you yeah. you beam over it for the past few months. But hey, right. I'll yeah. uh, hopefully you know during this Christmas time I'm off I can get back into it and <laughs> hey, get yeah. leveled up. Let's so. let's get you up to twenty so you can start playing the game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> cool. All right. So no surprise there. Neil's game of the year is Destiny. Let's take another call and see what Anthony has to say. Hello, Gameware Express. This is Anthony here in Tokyo calling in to wish you guys a Merry Christmas and a, and a Happy New Year. 
a couple of weeks ago, uh, Adam had started a SpeakPipe account so that we could send in our voicemails, and uh, I wish I had done it sooner, but I keep forgetting, and so now I'm finally forcing myself to do this. Anyways, my game of the year this year is uh, definitely Alien Isolation. I really enjoyed the Alien movies and the Alien universe, uh, even the movies that weren't so good uh, that came out recently, but uh, Alien Isolation really captures that feeling and that essence of the Alien movie, especially the first one, and also captures a bit of the essence of the second one, but not really so much. But Alien Isolation is my choice for Game of the Year. The environments alone nailed it. The the feel of the game and the immersion really pulls you in there, especially at the higher difficulties and all of that. My other choice would probably be uh, even though it wasn't out this year, it was uh, The Last of Us, uh, the re-released version anyways. That's the only one I got to play on the PS4, and I really enjoyed that. So, yeah, but definitely for this year, Alien Isolation. Thanks, guys. Thanks so much for calling in, Anthony, and being so interactive with the show. And, of course, we wish you a happy new year as well. And now let's hear from friend of the show, Ben Lewis. Hey, GameWare Express, it's your old pal Ben here with my top three games of 2014. Uh, now, there's a lot of stuff that I haven't had the time to play yet, like Shadow of Mordor, Wolfenstein, and Far Cry 4, and I haven't put enough time into games like Dark Souls 2, Alien Isolation, or Transistor to give them a fair shake. So, out of the stuff that I have played this year, I'm going with, number one, Hearthstone, number two, Infamous Second Son, and number three, Destiny. So, can't wait to hear your picks in the new episode, and Happy New Year! Thanks so much for calling in, Ben. Great pick at number one there. And let's pass it to Steven. <clears throat> game of the year. Yeah, uh, like my, so my favorite game of the year has really bad graphics and terrible frame rate. And on multiplayer, doesn't really work. And the world building is disappointing. Uh, and I played like 150 hours of this game and didn't like it at first. And probably still shouldn't. But Dark Souls 2 is my favorite game of 2014, despite... It's flaws, and there are a lot of them. Um, but for me, it's the positive aspects uh, obviously overweighed those flaws mm-hmm. um, so much that I'm actually looking forward to buying this stupid game again next year, <laughs> putting <laughs> the same amount of time, maybe more. You say it. that with such disdain. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I first started playing uh, Dark Souls Two, all I could do was compare it to the first game and kind of think, well, I prefer everything about Dark Souls One over this. And even still prefer Demon Souls over both of them. But that doesn't change the fact that I put, you know, a lot of time into it. And really a lot of the problems that I had, especially with hit detection, were were corrected later in the game. And not through a patch, just through the the way the game was designed. Um like my biggest issue early on in that game, when you're fighting a boss, is you know, if you're ten feet away from this boss and it swings at you and you roll away from it before it hits you and then it hits you anyway <laughs> even though you're not anywhere near it that's all just related to poise mm-hmm. and no one knew this you know when the when the game first came out because we're just all experiencing it for the first time mm-hmm. together but you know 30 40 hours in when you put 20 or 30 points into poise and then you're pretty much invincible during rolls now so that's not an issue anymore but like i said earlier it still does not look very good yeah and it, it seems like the world building was kind of an afterthought because one of the best things about dark souls is how all the areas interconnect and how you find these brilliant shortcuts and you realize you know you're actually where you were four hours ago because of a ladder that you dropped down and dark souls 2 doesn't have any of that 
<laughs> but I don't care. I still love it. It's still a fun game to play. Um, and it gets me excited, you know, to think about what From Software can do with that franchise in the future. Uh, whether it's with another Dark Souls game or a new IP like Bloodborne or maybe even a revitalization of Demon Souls, there's so much potential with that developer in that franchise or that just style of gameplay. Um, this is something that, you know, 10 years ago, these kinds of games didn't really exist. I mean, I know you had Kingsfield, which not too many people played, but just like a really dark old school RPG that was unforgiving and punishing. Uh, because most of the times, you know, in modern RPGs, if you die, that's not that big of a deal. Um, you know, you can just reload a save and try, you know, try again. Uh, but this game is just punishing. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate that. I like a game that's not handholdy or that just doesn't, you know, forgive you for making mistakes. And every mistake you make in Dark Souls 2 is your fault, just like Dark Souls 1 before it. You know, you're constantly learning while playing this game. So literally every time you die, it's probably a good thing because hopefully you won't <laughs> make that same mistake the next time. Right. Um, but still, uh, the game's best content is locked behind its DLC. That's not necessarily a bad thing because, I mean, I'm not traditionally a fan of buying extra content as DLC. But if it's as good as, you know, Dark Souls 2 presents it, then that's fine. I'm really excited that it's all included with the PS4 version that's coming yeah. out. Or Xbox One, you know, or even PC. They're all, all three formats are getting re-released early next year. And again, I'll buy that again. I kind of miss <laughs> the... Um, when they originally... I guess debuted Dark Souls 2 at the Video Game Awards a couple years ago. It had a brilliant lighting system with its <laughs> yeah. little torches, and none of that was actually in the shipped version. So whether or not that'll be in the PS4 version, it's, it, we don't know yet. But mm -hmm. That's pretty much it. I've talked a lot about this game on this show, so if you want to hear me talk about it more, you can load up some of our February <laughs> and March episodes. Yeah, <laughs> But yeah, Dark Souls 2, a flawed game, but definitely my favorite game of the year. Not the best game, but my mm -hmm. favorite. Yeah. So excellent. Thank you. Let's take another call and see what Shank has to say for his game of the year. Hello, Gameware Express Lane. This is Shank coming to you live through a paper cup tied to a string. Now, just to let you know, this is uh, my game of the year award. Um, I would like to choose. I'm going to choose Dragon Age Inquisition. And not just because a lot of other people are choosing it. I'm choosing it for my own reasons. My reasons are the following. One, the gameplay is awesome. Now, that's like the gameplay is really fluid, and it flows a lot better than the previous installments. Two, the story is also very amazing. They worked... You can tell, if you've ever played the first two, you can tell that they worked really hard on making the story what it is. Three... Everything, like, uh, it differentiates itself from Mass Effect in a very big way here. Now, the previous installment was basically just Mass Effect in the fantasy land. Okay. And that's my game of the year. Be safe, be kind, be careful. Thank you so much for calling in, Shank. Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm hearing a lot of good things about that one. And I know I say this a lot on the show. I still need to play it. So hopefully I can get around to that soon. All right, take it away, Vaughn. Now, Steven, you want to talk about a game with bad graphics and stuff. I um, would love to, yes. <laughs> uh, I think mean, Toad has great graphics, though. So I don't know what you're talking about. And 70 levels. Over 70. Well, my, my game of the year pretty much just kind of just came out of, like, the 
nowhere, like in the month of August, and it kind of just blew up on the internet. And it had its sequel like three months later, like right after Halloween was over. So my game of the year is Five Nights at Freddy's. Whoa. One and two. Excellent. And that game is literally just GIFs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> animated <laughs> Animated GIFs of like these animatronic creatures trying to put you inside of a suit and kill you. But as I was talking before in Danganronpa about the art of suspense in horror games, that game is nothing but it. It's like, true. <laughs> like every button click you have may either save you or kill you. It really just depends on how you're doing it and like what you're keeping your eye on. Like Foxy, the animatronic that always has his little gimmick where you always have to keep an eye on him in order to actually like get him away from you. Instead, of, he always breaks the norm. So instead of like normally closing a door on him or like something of the sort, waiting him, waiting for him to get close, he just jumps at you, and there's like something that you have to do in order to like get him away from you. And there's two of those in Five Nights at Freddy's too, and it just makes it a very frightening experience. Like you have to keep an eye on him as well as all the other like random animatronics that are trying to get into your room and kill you. But what really makes me so excited about Five Nights at Freddy's is the story and the lore that's come from it like i've never been this active about like searching for like clues and stuff on the internet like what neil was talking about with the whole majora's mask with the theory of link being dead like there's a lot of mysteries within five nights of freddy's that like even the creator himself won't say anything other than the place is haunted like he wants <laughs> he's he's come out and said that like there's a lot of depth to the story but we have to figure it out on our own hmm. so there's a lot of theories of what's going to happen in this game like all around on the internet i love both these games in fact if there was a category uh that we had that was called best game of 2014 that could be a sega cd game this would be it <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh Renee and i played the first game just on a whim back in august we downloaded it and turned all the lights off and sat in front of the computer and just experience it for the first time that way. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, it's a bummer because most people are familiar with these games because watching uh, Let's Plays on YouTube, right. which really ruins the whole experience. You right. know, it's one of those things that you just have to, for the first time, experience it yourself. We, Because uh, I was excited to stream that during our Extra Life Marathon, and I had some friends, you know, excited because I was talking so much about it after, you know, y'all spoke highly of it in that first week. And after the first week it came out in August, and they were like, you know, it doesn't seem that scary. It just seemed kind of dumb. And I'm like, no. If you're sitting there <laughs> clicking through the cameras, knowing death is looming from these creepy looking figures, it's just the suspense it builds as the player that you don't necessarily get by watching Let's Plays. I'm sure seeing people freak out and scream it's and funny. is funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. That's not what. The, the suspense Vaughn was talking about in the game. Yeah, I mean, my experience with this game was watching my friend play it on his iPhone, and the whole time my heart was racing. <laughs> like, it, I'm just it, like, what is about to happen? <laughs> How do you know that he's there? <laughs> if you haven't watched the uh, the game theory video on the true story behind this, and again, this isn't, it's just it's just a YouTube video, but the, the fact that there were these murders uh, in a Chuck E. Cheese I don't know, back in the 80s, 90s? Yeah, 80s. So it's like yeah, this, 80s, this, this minimum wage thing. Yeah, this one guy, this former employee who murdered four or five, you know, employees at this Chuck E. Cheese. 
And the video basically, I don't know, it just goes over how, how and where these people were killed in this actual Chuck E. Cheese. And then you, you can relate that to the placement of, you know, or, or where these animatronic creatures hang out in this actual game. Right. right. Whether or not these, these two things relate, it's, it's incredible. So if you, if you know anything about the game or if you've played it, uh, go watch that game theory video on it because that was fascinating. It's really, really good. I'll have to check that out. I, I just it, it, the game's cheap too. It's really yeah. cheap. Yeah, it's like three dollars <laughs> for the first one. I don't know, six, seven dollars. I think it eight, was. Yeah. I think it was eight when the second one came out. Oh, yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Sure, there's like, a Steam sale going on right now. You can maybe probably get it a for dollar. Cheap. Funny thing about it was like there was supposed to be a demo for the second one that was supposed to come out before the actual game came out. But creator was just like, nah, I don't feel like waiting yeah, that just long. The I'll game just put it out. Yeah. <laughs> just the game came out, so. That kind of just, yeah, it literally just came out of nowhere. Like, nobody was expecting it to be released so soon after the first one. But apparently it doesn't really take all that much to make these kinds of games. I mean, if, if we had a biggest surprise category, I think we could all agree this would be the winner of that one. Indeed. And it has a really big difficulty spike going through all the nights. <laughs> like, night one and night two are like pretty easy for the most part but whenever you get to like night three and onward like it gets like ridiculously hard see i haven't gotten that far yet <laughs> whenever you get to like night six like whenever you beat that you get the custom night seven which you can make as hard as you want because you get to like set all the different animatronics to like whatever level you want which is the level i mean what where do i have to put the slider for them to be my friends <laughs> to bring me pizza <laughs> that never happens but you, but you can get them to leave you alone for the most part okay <laughs> I just want to do my job. That's my uh, $102. That's going to be in the uh, sequel other series, Five Days at Freddy's. <laughs> they just serve me pizza and play banjo. <laughs> and the fact that like the graphics are like so bad for it is like what makes it even like creepier in my oh, opinion. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It just, it just feels like a lot like a lot of the video camera footage is basically what you would see on like those old VCRs. Right. <laughs> so yeah, I can't wait for the third one. If you haven't played Five Nights at Freddy's, I definitely think everyone should give it at least one shot mm -hmm. if you're looking for a good good scare and then like afterwards like if you experience like all the stuff you don't want to play anymore watch some videos on youtube they're hilarious <laughs> watching people's reactions awesome i love this game cool thanks vaughn and to round out our guest picks for this year's show instead of having them call in i figured i had them in studio recording last week's episode so nick seegers Welcome yes. back. Thank you. It's good to be back. What would you say your favorite game of 2014 is? Well, Adam, if I was going to go with the game that I probably enjoyed the most, as well as took up the most time, is going to have to be Mario Kart 8. Okay, yep. Reason being is because so many of the the courses that they made brand new, I was very impressed with. Mm -hmm. I enjoyed all of the remakes. The music remixes were absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and to make matters even better, they practically gave you, at a steal of a price... Four new courses, three new characters, and new carts for yeah, downloadable content. Really good deal. An amazing deal. And even though a lot of people didn't even like them, you know, the uh, Rainbow Road 64 course, I particularly enjoyed it, especially the music for it. Mm -hmm. And the online experience was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, there was no lag hardly whatsoever. The experience was just incredible to take away. So that would probably be my one game of the year if I had to pick just one. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for sharing and thanks for uh, thanks for joining me. Thanks, good to be here. And now I guess it's my turn. Um, a few about a month or so ago, on one of our intro questions for the episode is, "What game do you consider perfection?" And I gave Portals my answer back then, but 
this game I, I'd consider very close. And it's, when I played this this summer, I said after I talked about it on the show, uh, you'll be hearing about this again when Game of the Year rolls around. And I knew back then this was going to be my Game of the Year. Uh, Shovel Knight, um, to me, is one of the most perfect games ever made. Uh, the platforming is super tight. The level design is amazing. The story is heartwarming. The oh, music yeah. is so good. And I just like fell in love with this game mm-hmm. when I was playing it. And with me, it wasn't the nostalgia because I never played Mega Man or Zelda 2. I played a little Mario 3. Um, no DuckTales. Those are the games I most attribute to it growing up. But it just it just captured me. Maybe it's because I didn't have that growing up, that getting to experience this the first time. Yeah. Um, I thought it was amazing, like absolutely amazing, and um, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> we kind of talked about it already because it obviously was on other people's yeah. lists too. But if you haven't played Shovel Knight, you need to go play Shovel Knight right now. Um, it's on you know Wii U, 3DS, PC, coming to PS4 and Vita with Kratos, my so, favorite. That's very kind of, guy. Very interesting. How they brought that character into it. I wonder what he's going to do. Yeah. He's a boss, right? He's a, I don't yeah. Is he a boss? Looks like, yeah. Okay. Well, you'll, you'll hear us discuss our thought feelings on that, or you've already heard it a few episodes ago. But uh, my question to y'all, if they made a sequel, what would you want to see in a sequel? Do you want to see more of the same, or how do you see this game evolving? Two shovels. Dual wielding. Dual <laughs> <Shovel>. <laughs> that, that would actually be pretty cool. Bring in Shield Knight as a playable character. Make all the character. I mean, make the power ups like where you transform. Like, I mean, yeah, you, I, I would even say throwing something like if you had like Shield Knight and had a co op. Yeah, you know, something, something like. Quite honestly, yeah. I, I think it's one of those games that would really excel from minimal advancement. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if really if you just made more of the same, keep the le- that keep that level design. Keep, yeah, fantastic. exactly. Like I mean, you don't really have to change much to make a fantastic sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and. Uh, Maybe throw in like a couple of like new power ups, but you don't yeah. really need to. You don't really need to venture farther than that, to be mm-hmm. honest. And I read a story about you know mm-hmm. how the the development teams only a few guys. They were the Kickstarter success story. They ran out of money and the game was delayed. And they were like living off of ramen and stuff. And to hear like Steven said earlier in the show, them hit three hundred thousand uh, copies sold only on Nintendo and PC. I mean, that's, that's huge. And you can only expect that to be more next year when it comes out on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. I'll buy it again. I gave the money for the soundtrack. Like I, I love this game. Yeah. Still need to buy that soundtrack. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I'm totally going to be buying another copy I think, for my PlayStation. Yeah. I think you brought up a good vo- uh, point Vaughn about like just adding power ups. I mean, this game was on the level of like the first Mario game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it nailed everything in its perfection and what it aimed to do. Right. And mm-hmm. so if you just do something as far as just give us more power-ups, mm-hmm. like, y- you get Mario 3. <laughs> exactly. You get Super Mario yeah, exactly. World. You know, like, that that's that's what you get. And I, I think they really set themselves up for success with this, if they keep it going as mm-hmm. a franchise. And, um, and, uh, and don't get me wrong, there are times where I rage quit, I want to throw my controller across the room, but <laughs> I felt like every time I died, it was my fault. Like, because I missed that platform, or I should have jumped better, or I should have just taken the risk, or I messed up, like, a combo with some of the power-ups they did have, like, or I was just too stupid, couldn't figure out the puzzle the way they wanted me to do, and I tried to do my own way. Yeah, that was another thing but, that they that I found that was actually, like, a very good thing about the game. Like, they didn't throw in a lot of cheap debts right. at all. Mm-hmm. Like, not, at least not in the way that, like, Capcom likes to do with, like, a lot of Mega Man games, where mm-hmm. they just, like, throw... 
like you fall you're supposed to fall down this one little pit in order to like go to the next part but then like there's an immediate there's an immediate spike pit to where you're like kind of close to where you're supposed to land and you didn't <laughs> see that coming for the first time so you're automatically dead mm-hmm. or something of the sort like none of that was in shovel knight like pretty much everything was pretty much in the control of the player mm-hmm. plus all the little characters <clears throat> in the town you know the guy who always speaks in puns and the mm-hmm. riddle, like i don't know everything was so great anyway I gush over that like Neil can gush over Destiny, yeah. so uh, we won't hinder too much on more on that. But cool, our games of the year, all fantastic choices, I might say. Um, thank you all so much to everyone who called in on Speakpipe and left us your message of your game of the year. You can still do that. Uh, if you missed this show, don't feel bad. We're still taking uh, game of the year calls and emails leading into the new year. You know, you go to GameWareExpress at gmail.com to email us or speakpipe.com slash GameWareExpress to leave us a voicemail. Uh, before we venture into next year and what's coming out in 2015, are there any games that uh, you think would have made your list but, you know, didn't have a chance to to play this year? I know I had a couple. Mm-hmm. I know, you know, Steven, Captain Toad was not on your list, Steven. Yeah, um, <laughs> that, I, I really wanted to play it. And I actually have been playing it mm-hmm. in Japan. Right. Um, but... Didn't really feel like it was time to talk about Toad. Yeah, I feel the same way. I mean, I just got it for Christmas, and I wanted to play it more. It's just one of those. I'd spent enough money on games this year. I needed to save something for Santa Claus to bring me. Yeah, but, I was just uh, you know any game with more than seventy levels. It's <laughs> a lot of levels. But but seriously, are there any games that y'all felt? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, as a matter of fact, the four of mine that I uh, really could think of were some that um, all of y'all hit on in this episode. Uh, in this episode, but um, you know, Bayonetta two yeah, is one that I feel mine, like yeah. definitely could have made the list. Uh, Far Cry four, um, Captain Toad, yes, and uh, definitely, of course, with your brilliant choice. If I had an Xbox One, it would definitely be Sunset Overdrive. I remember the one time after um, we talked about it on the episode a few months ago, and I booted up and, and you played your mm-hmm. you were just like. Like found your eyes, like a kid in a candy store. Yeah. So, you know, so excited to see it. It's, I, I mean, games with color get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and that game has a lot of it, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love it. So. Um, yeah, I mean, Vano Two and Captain Toad were obviously on mine, but also, mm-hmm. I kind of fall into the hype, like the zeitgeist of what's going around the gaming sphere a little bit. And while I've never played one of its predecessors, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition kept getting a yeah. lot, a lot of. Yeah. High high praise and, and good remarks. It's and definitely on my want to play list. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I just I keep hearing people like not playing things to play this, and it's a ninety hour game, and I I can't. It's hard for me to play sequels without playing the original. That's why I might have to play Bayonetta before I play Bayonetta two. But that's something I definitely would want to check out if I just had all the time in the world. Yeah, and Inquisition is one of those games too. Like I played the first Dragon Age and hated it. Mm-hmm. I played the demo of the second one and like it was more hack and slashed on. I was mm-hmm. like, hey, this is kind of like what I was expecting the first one to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they still did, it didn't still didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. But but Inquisition looks great. And also, I just downloaded it a couple weeks ago. I haven't played it, but after Scott's hearing it, his number two and, and talking highly of it, uh, Monument Valley on. On iPad or iOS, uh, I like weird, trippy games, puzzle mm-hmm. games like that. It's great. You're, you're going to really enjoy it. Okay, cool. It's one of the best hours of your life. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> just want to turn on my iPad and play Hearthstone. So, you know, what you want? Anything? Well, the the first thing on my list right now is uh, a game that I'm act- that, that I started a little bit, but I actually haven't gotten to play too much of it because I've been focused too much on trying to unlock all of Smash Bros. Is Persona Q. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I really like the Persona series and like having like both 
Persona 3 and Persona 4 in one game, like, just got me really hyped for it. But I just haven't gotten the chance you to play that in arena. too much. Yeah, I had that in Arena, but I mean, and Ultimax is kind of like the same, pretty much more the same of the first game. Fair enough. So I d- don't really count that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bayonetta 2, of course, like, uh, I never actually finished the first one. But I'll get to that at some point. I can just truck through games like if I really want to. Uh, a game that I bought but actually haven't even opened yet is Professor Layton versus Phoenix Wright. <laughs> <laughs> like considering that uh, Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Five was on was on my top five last year, uh, I just never got around to playing this one. I really want to though, so whenever I find the time. Exactly, that seems to be the thing. Whenever we can find the time. And I actually need to make more uh, use out of my PlayStation 4 because I want to play Infamous 2 and as well as Geometry Wars. Mm-hmm. Just need to get them. Right. <laughs> That's all I've got. <laughs> For me, it's just Toad. I played every game I wanted to this year, guys, right. so I don't know what you're... If, <laughs> if you want to play a game, you should just play it. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not that hard. Um, maybe I should have played more Infamous because um, I'm only like a couple hours in. And yeah. I, I really know. enjoyed Infamous. It came out, like, I guess around the summer, so there were tons of other games to play just constantly coming out every week, yeah. so I just had no time for that. And um, I, it's funny because I'd stopped just when I'd gotten my neon powers, which apparently that's is... That's part of the game. That's what people say, but I don't know, whatever. Just It felt like I was... I felt like on neon, I was a train going really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, I couldn't really do anything. It's yeah. just, I just go forward forever. Yeah. And that, that's not interesting. I mean, the whole me. DLC is just. Right. It's um, free next and, next year on yeah. Plus. So I'll just get that <laughs> for free. Yeah. Um, and I I, th- I would have liked to have played Far Cry 4. Because I really yeah. liked the first game. Didn't play 2 or 3, but I bet I'd like 4. So I got to do that co op when you get back in town. Yeah. <laughs> so awesome. The uh, you can go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash gameware express, where I'll be posting our full list. Um, I know I have a top ten. I'm trying to get y'all to scrounge up a top ten. So if anyone else is able to come up with those, I'll also be posting those throughout the week to close out 2014 to see all of our picks. And all right, let's let's look forward to 2015 with our most anticipated games. <laughs> Neil, well, um. Definitely uh, one game I'm really looking forward to this spring, if it still launches this spring, is uh, Mighty Number no. 9. Yep. Um, I am a Kickstarter backer. I've really been looking forward to this game, and I can't wait to play it. Yeah. Um, not really much more other than that I can say about it. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, of course, the other games I'm looking forward to are really just because 2015 is going to be great, whereas... Oh, it's going to be so packed. I mean, my two favorite game series are going to have three games total coming out next year, so... Majora's Mask 3DS, Legend of Zelda Wii U, and Metal Gear Solid 5. <laughs> so I'm definitely looking forward to next year. And I mean, duh. <laughs> Destiny's second expansion. Right. <laughs> Man, next year's show, if we're still around doing this, that's going to be crazy. Because 2015's packed. Yeah. Packed, packed, packed. So if you had to pick one, Steven, what would you pick? Okay. Um,. 2015 is going to be another 1998, another 2007. There's just so much good stuff coming out. Uh, my most anticipated game of 2015. Now, that developer had some controversy this year in regards to the performance of their key title. Now, next year, their game is set in Victorian England. <laughs> and I'm a huge fan of games where you assassinate people. And I love that setting. 
So Bloodborne is hands down my most anticipated game of 2015. Uh, I think that with the power of the PS4 from software has made so many improvements in just the past seven months. And when we saw that game debuted at E3 to what we saw a few weeks ago uh, during PSX, which mm-hmm. we hope you listened to that episode. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bloodborne looks so good. Yeah. And, it, you know, they add, they announced that there's this weird, like, randomized dungeon for multiplayer. It sounds like the multiplayer in Bloodborne is going to be a lot more accessible because in Demon Souls and Dark Souls and Dark Souls 2, yeah, it's just like you just drop your sign and hopefully you'll get in that in your friend's game. And hopefully in Bloodborne it'll be a little easier. But like Neil says, there's so much good stuff coming out. I mean, Persona 5, Metal Gear Solid 5, Legend of Zelda, Star Fox, so many great franchises are being represented next year. Um, hopefully I'll have enough time to play half of those games. Yeah. But hands down, Bloodborne is probably, is. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So. While it's really going to hurt next year, start saving up. I already paid for my Bloodborne. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> All right, Vaughn. Well, my list is kind of like the same as Neil's as far as like the Zelda series and Mighty Number no. 9 goes. But my biggest one that I'm really looking forward to the most is Star Fox. Yeah. Because that series does not get enough love, like, at all. <laughs> like, Well, that's because there hasn't really been much to love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it's been, like, a handful of bad games. Some decent most ones. Ba- most of them are bad, most right? Of, yeah. Most of most them are bad. bad. <laughs> but there, the, the ones that are good, though, yeah. the highs, man, the highs are high. Well, there yeah. were some, too. Like, Well, I don't know about you, but I, I thoroughly enjoyed Command. But it seems like... A, like <clears throat> People had some bad taste in their mouth from the previous title, so like Command just kind of got overlooked. I would have been actually like okay with Command had it like not been entirely like stylus controlled. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was like the one thing that threw me off about. I it. hope you're ready for entirely motion controlled Star Fox <laughs> uh, and they, stylus controlled. Hopefully, they decide to do something like really cool with like uh, the gamepad as like being the cockpit and stuff. That'd be really cool. I just want to draw cool emblems on my airwing. Oh, yeah. Well, considering Jesus. Miyamoto made Pac-Man an even more fun game, yeah. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he can do something with Star yeah, Fox. He'll, he'll definitely make something really awesome out of Star Fox, and I, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be great. i got to say, Namco made it even more fun than Miyamoto when Pac-Man Championship Edition came That's out. That's true. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> um, for mine... Since y'all know that I'm a big Batman fan, you'd think it'd be Batman Arkham Knight, but it is not! What? It's Persona 5. Uh, I kind of said it last year, thinking right. naively that the game was coming out in 2014. I think I totally called you out on that, Yeah, too. you did. Like, there's no way. Um, so hopefully it comes out in 2015. I think sure. it's supposed to. In Japan. Yeah. Um, so Persona it, 5... Oh, go ahead. I was saying, at least now we know it's PS4 as well. Yes, that that's exciting. That has me even more... So that works now. I can just throw the PS3 in the garbage. Yeah, I already that did anymore. that. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm I'm so excited for Sona Five. We don't really know anything. There's that anime trailer that came out around TGS, I think. But uh, as I long just, as you're excited, that's all I you need, need to more, know. I need more Persona. <laughs> Persona is really good. I'm looking forward to it as well. There was a, a tease during the PlayStation Experience a couple weeks ago, and I got like goosebumps, and I thought they'd talk about it, and they didn't. But um, I just Persona Four Golden was so great. I love Persona Three Portable. It's gonna be weird not playing it on a on a handheld. You get to play it on the big screen. Get the big screen. So hopefully it comes out next year. A lot of fives next year. There are a lot of fives for 2015. And it's the fifth Star Fox. I just did yeah, the math in my right. head. Well, uh, I think it's. Do, well, you, do you count Star Fox 64 3D? No. Okay, no. you don't. But I do count either. Adventures. Uh, there's <laughs> Star SNES Fox. 64. 
Adventures, uh, Assault and Command. Oh, so damn it. This damn it. Oh. Okay, well, whatever. <laughs> and Star Fox 2, but that never came Yeah, that true. never came out. Well, it's 64, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> well, we got at least two fives with Persona and Metal Gear Solid. So. We could have a whole podcast of all the games we're excited for next year, but we'll just have to wait for our series of podcasts then when they come out. If they come out. Oh, they'll come they'll out. They'll come out. <laughs> so I believe that is everything. That's our Game of the Year show for 2014. We hope you liked it. Let us know, like I said, your games of the year, if you haven't already, at GameWorkExpress at gmail.com or give us a call on speakpipe.com slash GameWorkExpress. Gentlemen, it's been an amazing year. Still surprised we're doing this. I appreciate the new faces joining us this year. Steven's still here. Hey. I really appreciate y'all taking y'all's time every week and coming to do this with me. It's been super fun. You know, take a break from our jobs and school and get to just chat about games. So, Game More Express's Game of the Year show for 2014. We hope you all enjoy it. Have a great weekend, everyone. We'll see you next year. I love 2015. that joke. Hey, that's my joke. You can't do that. <laughs> Happy New Year, Neil. Thank you. <laughs>